Hi listeners, welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Dahi D, and today's guest is Sylvester Stallone talking about how he wrote Rocky. I believe this is a motivational story because he really talks about using the bare minimum to succeed. Talks about how anytime he had an injury, he basically wrote it into the script, or if there was something he couldn't do, he wrote it into the script as something being funny, and just really talked about how he was just determined to make it happen. I believe if you listen, you might be inspired as well, and just keep thinking to yourself, no matter what, if I just keep moving forward, I'll be successful. That's it for me today. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now that it's 25 years since I walked out of that trailer the first time on those cold streets in Philadelphia, and I knew this was like the moment of truth, and they said, Sylvester, are you ready? I said, no, but Rocky is. It almost seems like, like a dream state, and quite often people said, or people will say, God, that must have been incredible. I said, yeah, but I was never there. And now when I sit back and I reflect on it, how, what a, an incredible miracle. Every day, I truly miss that character so much. I tell you, sometimes I could just cry because I'll never have a voice like that again where I can just speak whatever I feel in my heart. Um, that's the one thing I'll always cherish about that character because if I say it, you won't believe it, but when Rocky said it, it was the truth. I used to sit in this little apartment, and it was a room. As a matter of fact, the room was so small, I remember I was able to open up the window and close the door while sitting on the bed at the same time. It was like eight feet by eight feet by nine feet. And, but the one thing about that room, there was really very little distraction, so I would sit there propped up in bed, and I'd go out with my big pen and, and legal pad and just start writing these, these stories. And, and most of them were, were, were very, very trivial. But there was something about the process of unrealized dreams. I was always brought back to this subject because I think it's one of the most enduring subjects and one of the most difficult passages for people to accept that they never were realized in their own lifetime, that they just didn't get that shot. You know, I've been coming in for six years, and six years you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. You don't want to know. Yeah, I want to know how come. You want to know. I want to know how. Okay, I'm going to tell you, because you had the talent to become a good fighter, and instead of that, you became a leg breaker to some cheap second-rate loan shark. To living? It's a waste of life. The more I thought about this kind of street-like character that that just is totally misrepresented by the way he looks physically. Just the way he walks down the street was enough to to say people, oh, dismiss him. He kind of looks like a bully or looks like a dark kind of character. And I thought, you know, that's an interesting character because they're always unrealized. Well, that, that, that festered in my mind for quite a while, and then eventually after... Lords of Flatbush, I decided it was a time to come to California. So I went to California, and I moved in the valley, and things weren't going very, very well there. As a matter of fact, I had to go out and try to sell my dog because it was either uh, do that or, or uh, he just was not going to be very well fed around the house. 
And then one night, I went to see uh, Muhammad Ali fight Chuck Webner. We want to be free. We got to be free. Everybody said free. And what I saw was pretty extraordinary. I saw a man they called the Bayonne Bleeder, who didn't have a chance at all against you know the greatest fighting machine supposedly that ever lived. And for one brief moment, this supposed stumble bum turned out to be magnificent in the fact that he lasted and knocked the champion down. I said, boy, if this isn't a metaphor for life, his entire life crystallized at that moment. He will be remembered for all eternity, at least uh, uh, among the fight fans. He did something extraordinary. I said, now that, that is probably what I need as a catalyst for an idea. A man who's going to stand up to life and take one shot and maybe go the distance. So I started to write. And it was one of those writing frenzies. And three days later, I came up with the script of Rocky. Now, the script, by no means, was a finished piece of material. It was probably about 90 pages, and maybe 10% of it remained in the final script, but it was done. Originally in Rocky, the film was very, very dark because films at that time, the antihero was, I guess, the, the favored kind of character of the day. And... I, I pretty much wrote the original one to be like that. The character was very dark. As a matter of fact, uh, he throws the fight at, at the very end, and Mickey himself turns out to be this very angry, racist man. And and uh, the reason, actually, Rocky throws the fight because he didn't want to be involved in this kind of world. He just he said, you know, I'd rather be who I was and to just have all this hatred around me and so on. I remember showing it to my wife. She goes, oh... I don't like it. Rocky seems so nasty, so this, so that. Because I had made him very, very street-like and, and, and unrepentant. You know, he didn't have the kind of uh, attitude that eventually he ended up with. So I went back and rewrote and rewrote and rewrote. I first met uh, Bob Shardoff and Erwin Winkler, and I believe I was there on, on a, a, a casting call. So we're talking a little bit, and I guess I really wasn't right for the acting part. And on the way out... I said, oh, I don't know if it matters, but I do a little bit of writing. He goes, really? I said, yeah, I'm writing this, this story. This, uh, I have this thing about wrestlers, and I might do something about boxing. Well, he says, well, bring it around. And I thought, if I hadn't stopped on the way out, you know, that's why I tell all actors or writers, don't give up. Keep talking. Eventually, you might hit a nerve somewhere, and they go, ah, come on back. And if they didn't say, come on back, or bring it later and let's see what you've developed, I wouldn't be sitting here. So I have to give incredible credit to their uh, to their insight and their patience, and they're willing to take a chance, which um, it doesn't exist much anymore, unfortunately. Originally, when I brought the script to them, they were fairly enthusiastic about it. The one thing they were not enthusiastic about was me playing the part, and, and I really can't blame them at the time. Ryan O'Neill was a candidate, Burt Reynolds, Robert Redford, Jimmy Kahn, and they all you know, were, were at the top of their game. And so I could see it, but there was something inside of me that said, 
you know, this opportunity is never going to come around. And I really wasn't used to money, and I had no idea of what I would be missing. But the temptation started to come forward. First, it was uh, twenty-five grand, then a hundred thousand dollars. I never heard of a hundred thousand because I had had like a hundred six dollars in the bank, and like I said, I had to sell my dog and. Things were not looking very, very good. Uh, my $40 car had just blown up, so I was taking a bus to work. And but still, it, it didn't matter. I wanted to stick with it. Then it went up to 150000 175000 It went up to 250000 Now my head was starting to spin. And it went up to 330000 And probably, I heard, it went up to 360000 And I thought, all right, you know, you've really managed poverty very well. You've got this down to a science. You really don't need much to live on. I had, I had like sort of figured it out. So I was not um, in in any way uh, used to to the good life. So I thought, you know what? If I, I know in the back of my mind, if I sell this script and it does very, very well, I'm going to jump off a building. And if I'm not in it, there's no doubt about it. I'm going to leap in front of a train. I'm going to be very, very upset. So this is one of those things where you just roll the dice and you fly by the proverbial seat of your pants. Say, all right, I got to try it. I got to just do it. I may be totally wrong. And I'm going to be taking a lot of people down with me, but I just believe in it. We didn't have really the, the money to shoot a normal union film at that time in Philadelphia. So we would travel in a van. I would jump out of the van. And uh, we were working with the handheld camera at the time with, with Garrett Brown, and it was uh, ex somewhat experimental. And he'd film me running through shopping malls and up, down, and steps and flights, uh, I mean, curved corridors along the river until finally my legs basically gave out, and I'm, like, writhing on the ground, and I want to <laughs> rise up and say, John, I'm dying here. And he goes, no, no, use it. Use the pain. I said, for what? I mean, I'm in misery. He goes, well, no, no. You know, it's giving your character, it's giving him some depth. I said, it's giving me bruises. It's giving me, like, agony. I can't sleep at night. But, you know, John would use, one thing about John, he would use the environment. If he saw, like, the scene where we just jumped down and saw this ship along the dock, this uh, uh, docked along the pier, and he said, just jump out. Run as fast as you can along the ship. And, and, and I'm running and running. I said, you know what? My legs are buckling. I'm, I'm literally going to crash down here. Teeth are going to go, jaw, face. I'm just going to be ground down to this flat-faced image. Please. And, and I just barely made it. As John had had me, he would have me run and run and jump park benches and down streets. And people are throwing things at me. Like when I had the orange thrown at me. and I'm, These people had no idea who I was. I was just some strange alien invader in a well-worn, tattered, baggy, incredibly ugly sweatsuit running through their neighborhood, you know? And they're, like, throwing things at me. And we kind of, like, made it work, but I actually was like, I thought they were trying to hit me with the orange. There was a kind of a, a lot of injuries on the set. I remember I was doing uh, running up and down the steps. Originally, I was supposed to run up and down the steps with Butkus to show how strong Rocky had become. The first time, he could barely get up the steps. And then I started picking up the dog. And halfway up the steps, I said, this is a bad idea. The dog weighed about 135 pounds. I said, and there's no way I could run gracefully up the steps, more or less. I couldn't even stagger up the steps. So the dog was definitely cut out. But in the meantime, I had gotten a, a wicked case of shin splints, which is an old injury I had gotten from playing high school football. And then when I was hitting the meat, I thought, oh, this would be an interesting visual, hitting the meat. Well, I don't know if anyone's 
hit a, a bowl lately. They're hard. They're real hard. So all my knuckles were flattened out. They just uh, became, um, I guess, kind of like, um, well, I don't know what they're good for anymore. I guess, you know, kind of like a table leg now. They're, they're pretty flat. They're pretty even. They really don't function as a hand much anymore. But these are all somewhat of the memories of, uh, and, and the broken finger that I was using with Adrian. I said, okay. I'll just like take all the injuries in the movie and somehow work it in. Also in the movie, there was a, we couldn't afford many people, so I tried to get as much help uh, from from friends, from my brother who plays a street corner singer, and my father who's a bell ringer. As I said, my dog is in it. Even uh, my my wife, my first wife, uh, was the set photographer. But it was she was I think she shot a total of maybe. 100 pictures because the budget was really, really tight. And uh, actually, it was probably the best set photographer I've had in a long time because all those pictures are great.